you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Shepard, we caught a break. I intercepted a distress call from a Torian patrol. They stumbled onto a collector ship beyond the Corliss system. The Torians were wiped out, but not before they crippled the collector vessel. I need you to board that ship and get some hard data on the collectors. Find us a way to get to their homeworld. Hard to imagine how a Turian patrol could take out a collector ship. Reports indicate the hull's intact, but all systems seem to be offline. They could be making repairs as we speak. I'm not saying it won't be dangerous, but we can't let an opportunity like this slip by. If they had a patrol out there, why aren't the Turians sending a recon team in? They will, eventually. But I intercepted the transmissions. In the meantime, we're feeding them false reports. You're close enough that you can be in and out before the Turians learn the truth. Are you sure this information is good? Information is my weapon, Shepard. It's good. Hello, and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 29. And last time we left off with the fact that at a certain point, it's about five missions after you complete Horizon, you get asked to talk to the Elusive Man, and you can't do anything other than talk to the Elusive Man. Um, for me, at my point in the playthrough, I was. On Ilium, I think I had recruited Thane and Samara, and I'd already recruited Tally. And I was like, okay, I want to go do another mission on Ilium. And I couldn't get off the Normandy to go continue doing missions on Ilium because I had to talk to the elusive man. He's a jerk like that. He's a jerk yeah. like that. And then the best part is at the end of all this, you wind up somewhere else in space. And I'm like, but I was in the middle of doing stuff on Ilium. So now I have I was, to work my way back to Ilium. Yeah. 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 Like, I was in the middle of stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you, Elusive Man. Thank you, thank you a lot. So let's hear about what, what the Elusive Man wants to see us about and uh, what happens as a result of that meeting. Shepard is interrupted from whatever they are currently doing and forced to meet with the Elusive Man. He tells Shepard that the Turians found a disabled collector ship. The Elusive Man has been feeding the Turians false reports to keep them away, and he wants Shepard to take a team and investigate. Shepard and team head to the ship, which Edie identifies as the ship that fled Horizon. Shepard's squad boards, and as they traverse the empty, cavern-like halls, they discover masses of corpses left over from experiments. Shepard finds a terminal connected to a pod containing a collector. Edie analyzes the data and concludes that the collectors are modified Protheans. Later, Joker and Edie point out that this is the same ship that blew up the first Normandy. Shepard counts too many pods for the Collectors to just be targeting the Terminus systems and realizes that the Collectors are preparing to attack Earth. They try to open a connection to the Normandy, but are greeted with a quick visual flash of Harbinger. The Normandy goes dark, and platforms begin flying around Shepard and the team. Shepard has to fight their way out as the Collectors have sprung the trap. Edie analyzes the Turian distress call and determines that the elusive van knew this was a trap. Shepard makes it to the Normandy, and the ship gets away just before the Collectors can blow it up again. Shepard reports to the Elusive Man, who claims that he knew Shepard could handle the trap and didn't want to alert the Collectors that they knew it was an ambush. He tells Shepard about a derelict Reaper that can grant them passage through the Omega-4 Relay, but Shepard must first finish assembling his crew before heading to the Collector homeworld in the Galactic Core. So, that was a Collector ship. The only one in the galaxy, apparently, too. Seriously. Yeah. Well, I guess to be fair, like, do the collectors need other collector ships? I mean, they've got plenty of room on that one. It I is mean, a big sure, ship. Sure, it's a big ship, but I feel like a fleet of those ships would be very beneficial for their uh, what they're trying to do and their job. That just well, means, yeah, if... you know, collect multiple things, but I guess they're trying to be stealthy or something, but. The problem with collecting things is that you need somewhere to put everything. And if you have enough ships that you could collect everything, aren't you just basically just reorganizing the universe? Well, yeah. 
Space hoarders. <laughs> Space hoarders. Space hoarders. <laughs> yeah. And they have they have a they have a nice, you know, nicely sized base, but they don't have room for too much stuff. They got room for like everybody on Earth, apparently. <laughs> They're up to no good. And at what point well, I mean it's obvious as soon as like you're it's it's obvious from the get go this is all a trap. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, it made no sense. It's like, it's like it's just like the Torians just took it down. Like they they just took it down. It literally would put up no fight. Okay, just some random Torian ship. Yeah, if they could do that, why they need me? Anybody can take him down now. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's so it's so transparently like, oh, this is going to go sideways, and the whole time like you're walking through there and. It's, you know, spookily quiet, and it's just like, oh, there's no way. There's no way. That's, they you know, do this several times in the game where they have you walk through an area, and you can see all the cover positions, and you can see, like, the, the sight lines, and you're like, okay, well, if I'm not, not fighting my way through here now, I must be fighting my way through here back. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Because, like, other, otherwise, like, they're not going to waste time, like, putting in, like, an environment for you to just walk through and like design it for combat if you're not actually going to fight there they're just going to give you a hallway if they're even going to put a, a, a scene you know if they're not going to make it just a cut scene or they're just going to just load past it like the space exists it exists for combat it is going to be used for combat we're we're fighting our way out of here yeah, well, yeah. what did you th- what did y'all think of the design of the interior of the collector ship cuz like it reminded me of just like a just a giant hive, a floating space hive, which is like yeah, I know it's, like it's what mo- their 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 motif, but it's kind of like how does this work out in space? They're like mud wasps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could I could absolutely see that. Um, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like it's yeah, it's very insect like, very hive like. They're pretty buggy race. Just I mean like bug like, not not buggy in behavior, but yeah. And when you get to that big open area, you know, that's all domed and uh, the big dome, it's it's a beehive, basically, full of little containment, except instead of honey, it has dead people. Well, aren't the platforms that you start moving around on, aren't they like hexagons? They are, yeah. So, yeah. One thing I was wondering is, is like, how does their technology get to this point? Because, like, we know that they work with the Reapers and how the Reaper technology is. This is not very much like Reaper technology, so... I I mean, I assume that it is sort of Reaper, you know, modified. It's kind of like like um, like the Keepers, who are also quite bug like. Yeah. And insectoid. So I, th- I think like this is the Reapers modifying races like over time to to have that sort of like hive, you know, bug ish behavior. Oh, that's not even that. I'm about that. Like, the way the technology they're using is is mm. very different than the rest of the Reaper technology. Like. Like the keepers themselves, yeah, they're bug like, but they're on the citadel. Citadel very mechanical, very metallic, where this is very kind of organic. Well, well, I think the inclination is to say, like, okay, no, like this is like native, like it's based off like native collector technology. Like this is what the collector technology used to be like, except it's like re- Reaper. But it's not influenced. Reaper. But it's not. Yeah, right. You're right, because we've seen prior collector technology and it looks nothing like this so what happened to make the collectors like this you're absolutely right that's a very valid question well, i think yeah, like, were... like, do we want to get to the reveal of what the collectors are yet or do we want to say that for later this episode like, no wait, wait, I'm, I'm i'm assuming i said it in the recap okay i wasn't <laughs> yeah. sure <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so i mean say the word yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're 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 just they're basically just hot like a husk praetorians like, uh, yeah, Protheans. Yeah. Praetorians. Praetorians is, is a is a is a unit. I'm so tired. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the Protheans. It's like they're, they're the Protheans, and we've seen a bunch of Prothean technology. We've repurposed it, but it wasn't organic. It wasn't bug like. So, so, and we see like Reaper technology, and it's not bug like. It's very mechanical. It's like, uh, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a sign of for something else that they're heading at. Like, I wasn't really sure. Just. Is it possible that the collectors existed during Prothean times and they were whatever race would have disappeared for the Protheans? Like if the Protheans had found out like, oh, hey, there was a race that was here before us 50,000 years ago and we're chasing their, I mean, they, they didn't have beacons because that's one of the points of the 
Prothean quest in Mass Effect 1 is you find out the Protheans kind of realized what was going on and started leaving the beacons because they knew they were in trouble. Um, I'd say you know, yes, like, except we meet, except when we meet, when we, uh, except for something was, happens in the next future game. We, we, yeah. That's not. Yeah. I don't know. You would think that, like, given, you know, this whole, oh, it's an endless cycle, Reapers do this every 50,000 years plot point, like, there would have been another race doing, because what the collectors are doing is not novel in this cycle, like, the Reapers would have wanted and needed that historically. So it is kind of odd that um, their previous, you know, collective, or, you know, whatever, like, their, their previous group of little bug bug dudes that go and body snatch for them why why not just keep them it's probably a plot hole frankly <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm i'm i'm, str- I'm struggling with this cuz this this is a, that's a very a very uh, astute question that like i have a theory but i can, i'll get that near the end of this into this game that's fair okay okay but it just like it was still one of the things i read i'm like oh oh wait a minute what you're the protheans you're like these that are repurposed i got that but you don't make sense compared to what we've been, we've been taught with the profits were. No, and, and we talked about that a little bit, even at the end of the first game where you see those statues that look kind of like they were like some kind of like cloaked figure in a wheelchair. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and, and like, no, that's not the Protheans. That's whoever was here before the Protheans or whatever. And you're just like, that really okay. <laughs> Cause I know what a Prothean looks like now and it does not look like that. Yeah. And that's just where I was wondering, like, did they, when they were rebuilding the the profits were left into the collectors, did they take another races that they wiped out technology and combine them together? Did they, uh, was that the way they were trying to hide? They, they, they changed the technology so they could mask that these used to be Protheans? Because people probably would wonder, like, wait, these are Protheans. Why haven't they told us why, what happened, why they disappeared? Yeah, we'll need to, we'll need to revisit this topic after Mass Effect 3. Yes. That, that, I feel like that's only going to raise more questions, but there's an opportunity there for them to bridge this gap. Yeah. Yeah. It it is. I I really think like this is the the whole reveal of, Oh, collectors are, are modified proteins is there because it's impactful, right? Like it's, it's an impactful emotional, like, Oh, this is the fate of humanity. And it, it hits a little bit better because it's the proteins, not the, you know, bleep blorps from 500,000 years ago or whatever it is, right? Because who cares about them? Nobody knows about them, but you've been chasing Protheans for, you know, a game and a half at this point. Well, it's literally like the basis of the start of the story is our technology jumped 200 years because we found Prothean tech. So right. that's a big part of the game. Well, it's interesting to think about the reveals back on Ilos, uh, where they talk about basically how, like, you know, aside from the little cluster of Protheans that were that survived on Ilos, that the the rest of Prothean society was kind of, uh, if it wasn't obliterated, it was absorbed into the Reaper, uh, you know, collective, and they were kind of taken over and indoctrinated, and they became part of that. And, and this is obviously the end result of that, that if you think about it, the collectors have been hanging out for 50,000 years, mm-hmm. probably in that same ship, probably, you know, stalking around the universe there, collecting whatever they could of their own race at the beginning. Yeah. You know, so it's... But yeah, it, it it does, you know. The, the, yeah, where did that ship come from? That's a very good question. Yeah, and it's like also like like you think about it, the Protheans. Like these are like we found like these are based like clones of all uh, clones of each of them are just a clone of each other. There's no evolution anymore. There's no changes. They can't they can't get better. They are literally this is their final result. There's nothing more. That that seems like that's the Reaper. Oh, it is influence. the that's a, it, yeah. it, it is the reaper. That's like basically like, that's the really sad part about it is like it's how much they've been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, were the were the all the pods very creepy to anybody in this area? Which, Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is uh, it's very well designed. It's it's very sort of unsettling. And I don't know if for some reason it might be some old horror movies, like science fiction horror movies. I can't specific, like specifically say which one it was. But it's just like I'm like ah, oh, it's very creepy. Invasion of the body. I was, yeah, I was about to say <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's like, probably well, what it was. I, I I did you know name check that a minute ago, but yeah yeah um that I I think well Cocoon's not a horror movie. It's it's a confusing movie, uh, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's 
scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Weirded me, it weirded me the hell out when I was a kid, but I don't think it's supposed to be a horror movie. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, uh, it, I think we talked about before, like, these games definitely have a nice sort of twinge of horror elements to them. Yeah. Well, speaking of horror movies, like, is there... Does Bioware have an M. Night Shyamalan problem? And what I ask by that is, you know, we think back to, say, Knights of the Old Republic and the big twist in that game, which defined that game and I think helps put Bioware on the map. Like, like holy cow, like that, that, and that twist still resonates to, you know, you think, think about that game. Mm-hmm. But even then, then you look at the first game, and I know we talked about Vermeer, like all the stuff that happens on Vermeer where you find out. I guess the the main sort of the big twist there is that you find out that Sovereign is a Reaper. And then you also get like Ashley and Caden and you get your first encounter with Saren. And, and, and you know, like that, that was a big, there was a lot of boom, boom, boom moments. But I would say like the, the, the big twist there is that you finding out Sovereign's a Reaper. And like that's, that's your real final boss of this game. That's really who you have to worry about, not Saren. Yeah, that Saren was like not the villain. It was somebody else. What a twist. Right, right. And so here it feels like this is the same thing. Now you get to the, like the midpoint of the game and you're like, okay, like here's the big twist. The collectors are actually the Protheans. And I think like on its own, like, I feel like the twists are like, they're, they're still significant, but it's, it's not as like, uh, like a holy, holy shit. Mind blowing moment. Like, I'm not quite like, you know, like taking my hand off the mouse. Like what? Oh, like, I mean, it's like, I thought I mean, it was it's, a it's, it's pretty big, big, but it's it doesn't feel quite the same as the other twists. Like, are they are they trying to put these twists in the game, and are they just losing their impact overall? Because you can't keep you can't keep twisting everybody. At some point, it, 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 you're going to run out of twists. Hmm. I'm not sure, like, because there's a I'm trying to think about the one. There, I think there's a couple more twists throughout the the series. So, I thought this was a pretty big reveal. Like, I was really have like, oh shit, that's Protheans. Oh crap, because. Didn't even pass my mind. That's what they'd be. It'd be just like, oh, just some like bug like race decided to work with the Reapers. Right. I just, that's just, yeah. it sense to me. I, oh, you're all actually cl- like uh, husks. Cool. <laughs> I think it works in the context of this game's arc. So if you isolate Mass Effect 2, like if you isolate its story, which is kind of tricky to do, but, but the arc of the game and, and the sort of big reveal right at the end of the game, uh, I think it works. I think it actually is good sort of structural like narrative setup for for what you see at the end of the game. So I I don't know. I I mean one of yeah. the one of the problems that I have with M Night Shyamalan, like I liked a lot of his earlier movies, um, or like multiple of his earlier movies. I think uh, what's the one with Mel Gibson with the signs? Yeah, that, that movie sucked. Um, that was where I fell off the wait, wait. Shyamalan train. The whole like, oh, they can't touch water. Okay, our atmosphere is has like a lot of water in it. It's, it's just I'll say, uh, just breathing. Uh, yeah, um, that was very stupid to me. But I mean, and that's the thing, right? Is is it's not plot twists are are fun and and good if they're not just dumb as hell. And Shyamalan's problem to me has been when he when he you know swings and misses as it were. It's because the twist itself is just so nakedly transparently stupid it makes no objective sense whereas like we're talking about this we're talking about why are the collectors perthians and i honestly it's the first time i really thought about it as we're we're sort of dissecting this like it it worked for me in the context of the game because it's it is you know like nick you were saying like it's bang 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 plots moving along um it did on vermeyer it does here like it's just kind of rolling and it's not so transparently objectively nonsensical that i couldn't just sort of hang with it yeah well also like what's nice about this twist is it wasn't obvious right like right. They, they dropped hints like because if you really look at a collector they look basically like basically like a husk just a different color they're very they have like like kind of biological mechanical parts yeah but that did that was like that didn't trigger to me like yeah the work of the reapers they're probably some version of that or some change it's like no it's just someone else who's just bug like not it also makes sense, I think, to consider Harbinger that if Harbinger is just taking over a husk as opposed to say, you know, like you, you, I think the first time you see Harbinger take over a unit, you think like, oh, like he's controlling, like, you know, he's mind controlling some 
collector dude. And like, oh no, like he's actually just taking over. Like, like it was a mind, like a brain dead husk anyway. That was just kind of right. you know yeah. operating it, off of. It's, it's kind of like the whole Matrix where they had the the computers just took hold of any kind of just right software yeah. hardware in the system. Yeah, right. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not as significant. It almost makes sense that the the husks exist to be taken over. You know, it's yeah. Actually, I, I want to come back to this topic in a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I was gonna say like, it's like this thing that we haven't talked about, and I'm like, no, I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it is very Agent Smith like, though. I mean, the that Matrix influence is pretty strong here. And also, like, I think what's also good about their twist is they they build upon each other a lot of times. Like, they build the next thing. Like, there's more stuff that comes up. But they right. They work off each other. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is like I think if I look at this in the context of this, just this game story, it works quite well. I, the hardest thing for me, I think, the biggest problem with these games is the. I, I don't think it's as <clears throat> I don't think it's as much between one and two, but between you know one and two, and then into three, there's some disconnection. Like you can feel the tone of the narrative change, and it, it is a little jarring if you try and look at it as like one big story, which we'll talk about when we get to the end of three. Yeah. I'm sure. I do want to say, though, I don't want to sound like I'm harshing on this or whatever, mm-hmm. being rude, because I, I think if you just look at the twists and again, you know, bringing in code like Kodor's twist was massive, like that completely redefines that game. And this here, it's like, oh, this isn't something I had, hadn't considered. It makes sense. I can see how it fits together for the most part, um, you know, and, and it's a cool little thing. But at the same time, like this is one of my favorite games ever. Like the narrative overall doesn't require a twist because it's just Shepard you know, go on your suicide mission, assemble your team, go, you know, go through the, the Omega four relay and, you know, punch some, some, uh, you know, reapers in the face. Like it's, yeah, but we didn't need the twist in the other ones either, but they don't feel also like they're forced. Right. 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 And I'm not saying this feels forced either, but I'm just saying like the, the overall impact of the twists, you know, as less of a magnitude, not that it's not well executed here. Not that it, it, not that the narrative requires a twist, but I, I just, I just want to see, cause, you know, again, I still, you know, when we get to Mass Effect 3, as far as, you know, whatever twists may show up there, are they going to be as impactful? Or am I, is it gonna, the kind of thing that when, you know, when I go play Andromeda, am I going to be like, well, where's the big twist? Am I going to be looking for it? And is it going to. Yeah. Also, you know, it, it could be also that the, the threat, the Reapers themselves is already over present threat. The, the reveal that the Protheans, the Protheans are now collectors, not much of a threat now. Like, like doesn't make it, it doesn't really escalate the problem. You already know you're in shit Creek. You're just now realizing just maybe it's a little bit more deeper than you realize, but still, still deep. Yeah. I, but yeah, I don't, I, and I don't think they lean on this too hard. I, I think, I mean, good writing has plot twists and, and that's, yeah, that's true. what keeps you engaged. And if, if I look at Mm, like Dragon Age, for example. Well, there is that one twist, yeah, <laughs> right at the end of three. But I, I, you know, I didn't feel like um going through the plots of those games. Like I, I didn't feel like it was like twist for the sake of twist. And I think you know when when you say M Night Shyamalan problem to me, what that is is plot twists for their own sake and not because they're yeah. advancing a you know advancing story having anything to say it's just you you go oh. see a Shyamalan movie and it's like well i know i'm waiting for this i guess it's more just like the main part of the bmsop movies is the twist whereas this the the twist is not the main part of the mass effect games it's just part of it yeah yeah it's just it's, it's part of the narrative right like this was how they were going to reveal the information, but that information was going to be revealed either way. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like for, for the Shyamalan movie, like sometimes it's like he comes up with the twist in his mind and he's like, let me build the movie around that. Yeah. And it doesn't always, it doesn't always stand up to further scrutiny. Like the village Remember, or trees are killing you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, spe- so speaking of things that are killing you, just in case it wasn't clear from what we said earlier, this is the same ship that blew up the first Normandy. Uh, this is the same ship that, you know, uh, we we ch- fired at and, and ran off of Horizon. Yeah. Stole half the colony. Yeah. There. And you notice there's something or, missing on this ship right now. Mm-hmm. Collectors. No. Those two. But the people. Well, you found some corpses. Yeah, from corpses, but it means like there's like the pods are mostly empty. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is there's so many pods. That's, that's what there's... That's why... That's why why they realize like oh crap like they could go and abduct Earth like they have so many pods to fill up. Also, that, how big is this ship where they can get the entire population of Earth 
into the ship. That is that is like yeah. the ship doesn't look that big. Maybe it's like it's bigger than I realize, but that's like that's gotta be a massive vessel to have the entire population of future Earth. Not well, to mention interesting thing, it, Yeah, because it did land on Horizon. So it's not like like I, I would think like assuming let's assume for a minute that the population of Earth hasn't gone up that uh, you know any population increase left earth so except, you're still talking about, about eight, except eight billion it has. people there's actually oh, they're, they're, yeah they're, it has this, it's like 11 it, billion it is, i think something like uh, that i think it's even higher than that actually if i remember okay so they, so if you figure you've got 11 billion empty pods plus all the pods you've stolen from the other uh colonies and if each pod is roughly what, like the size of a, probably like six by two by two. I don't sure. Know, like, I think they're probably a little bit bigger than that. I mean, it's probably, it's probably um, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be more like, I would guess with all the attendant hardware, it's going to look a little bit more like eight by, let's say four by three, something like that, or eight by four by yeah. two, something like that. Um, like, I, like, I guess you're like, are you stacking them? Like you stack billion. your, stack your laundry maybe, or your luggage? Yeah. Maybe you can fit 11 billion people in your ship, but... So if we're calling that 90, tight fit. 96 cubic feet per pod. Yeah. Um, I mean, I we could do the math on this, but uh, it's absurd. It's 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 a volume that is... Uh, I'm like tapping my way over to Wolfram Alpha right now, but but it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> and plus two, there's a ton of empty space on the ship. Right. There's like that one cavern is like right. the pods are all lined on like the edge of the cavern. There's still the volume inside that cavern that is just open. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's massive. It, it it and I mean I know it dwarfs the Normandy. I mean when you see it in that first fight, like the Normandy is this little little thing that it's just shooting at. Um all the yeah. It's yeah, it's no, it's it's absurd. Um they they must be the only thing I can think is that they they're looking they see that it has a lot but like if the collectors are going to come they're not they're not taking everybody from Earth they're just going to take who they want and then everybody and, which is kind of what they did again to the Protheans they didn't indoctrinate and abduct everyone they you know took who they wanted and they they killed the rest so they took as um, many as they could they basically just like, yeah that's yeah, enough book your uh, book your reservation on the collector ship early mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> or don't, don't miss out <laughs> so the uh. Uh, th- this this wants about about thirty billion cubic meters. Three billion. Geez. Yeah, and so now I'm gonna. Th- That's incomprehensible. I want to. I want to find out what the the volume of the moon, um, <laughs> is also the volume of the moon is about. Okay, go ahead and guess. Twenty six billion cubic meters. I'm guessing a dollar. Okay. Uh, five point two seven. Five point two seven billion. Five point two seven billion cubic meters. So we're talking like we're talking seven moons. We're talking no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're we're talking multiple moons worth of, of just stuffing people in these pods. There's no the well, ship is th- th- that ship is not the size of, of seven moons. No, it is multiple not. death, multiple multiple death stars and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 ludicrous. Like the the physical storage constraints are not <laughs> not ten- they're untenable. Now, I mean, if you start here's here's the thing though. If you start liquefying people, which like obviously is what you know at some point you you would be doing, then that vo- wait, like wait, a lot wait, of that wait, volume wait. is empty space. Wait, wait, wait! Why are we liquefying people? Well, I mean, at some <laughs> well, in this case is clearly for storage for storage purposes, right? <laughs> like if you want to liquefy or or otherwise reduce, you know, down to like it, compact. Let's let's say you're going to trash compact these bodies when you're done with them. Then a lot of that volume <laughs> is wasted space in terms of either air or other, you know, not yeah. human. So anyway, it's like it's like when you vacuum seal all your sweaters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I've never done that, but uh, good to know. Yeah. Um, so this is a weird topic. I'm having a lot of fun with Wolfram Alpha, but we should. <laughs> 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 like, what's, the vo- what's the average volume of the human Look, body? Yeah. Let's find yeah, out. You liquefy a human body. Exactly how many? Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to the very dark episode. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm on a list now. Like <laughs> I feel like these searches have have gotten me like on a list. Oh man. Uh, maybe Google something or put something in there about Mass Effect so they, so know, they like, know. Oh, okay. Like, no, 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 it's cool. He's, he's doing the collector math. 
Um, yeah, it's it's very yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, see, the the space es- estimates we had versus like the volume in cubic meters of, of of human are like there's so much wasted space in these pods that we're guessing at. Anyway, moving along. Maybe the ship could have. I mean, it could have held a lot in compacted form. Maybe they they could start doubling them up in the pods. We yeah, assume yeah. everybody gets a nice cozy pod, but maybe it's, it's, it's you know they might have max capacity. Oh man, you want to go dark? They probably have kid size pods too. So probably, Oof. probably. Right, I'm done now. Yeah, we're assuming one one pod size fits all. Yeah, yeah. actually, they just might throw multiple kids into one pod. Oh, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I was get your own pod. That was rough. That was brutal. <laughs> Okay. Anyway. All right. And that's my list of why I'm going to hell. (laughs) I'm trying to think, is there any other big revelations in there that we find out on the actual, uh, you know, we, we, we realized that the elusive man knew this was a trap because of the, uh, when Edie analyzes the distress signal and we're like, Oh no. Okay. So like, clearly he said, clearly he set us up. Oh yeah. But that's like, Um, that's not a reveal. It's just like, kind of like, all right, how are you going to screw me today, elusive man? He admits it. Uh, if you yell at him, he's like, yeah, 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 I did. What are you, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so this isn't the first time I've done it. I'm right. not sure why you're so revised. Right. <laughs> well, what, you can't come at him because he's elusive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's got a great wine. agility stat. Yeah. <laughs> the only way you interact with him is through that hollow deck. So it's like you, you, what you can't punch him. You can't. You're, you can get. You're not wrong. You can get angry and rage into the void. That's yeah. it. He's gonna. He's sitting in that chair. He's smoking. What's he gonna you do? Can't he, find he him. Doesn't care. I don't know. What yeah. are you gonna do? Yell at him to death. The only. The only thing you could have done to get him back would have been to die on the mission, and then he would have been like, "I thought Shepard could have handled that." Oh well. Well, there goes all that money. Now I lost Shepard and Miranda and the second Normandy and all that's gone. Wait, wait, you're, saying, you're saying like Shepard should pull a, a Saren and just. Uh... <laughs> you say yeah, Shepard should just be like, yeah, the, I'm not working for the elusive man. I'll, I'll join the team Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was saying doing what Saren did and just take the pistol into his head. Oh, oh that, sure. Yeah. Uh... So then the, the last bit of information that you get here coming off of the, uh, the collector ship. Well, one, the elusive man also admits that he didn't he didn't want to let Shepard know what was going on because he didn't want to tip off the collectors that he knew that it was a trap. Which, OK, I kind of get that logic. It's ser- a little it's serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. But also could've... everybody should have known it was a trap. It really should have been a surprise. Like, you knew it was a trap. I, I'd be like, I was like, yeah, didn't you realize it was a trap? It was kind of obvious. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I was the elusive man, that's probably what I'd say is like. I mean, yeah, obviously. Like, come on. Did I have to spell it out for you? Do I need to get me a new best person in the universe? Right. Uh, uh, you. Oh, what'd y'all pick for your your bonus weapon specialization? Uh, I don't remember. Probably submachine guns. Yeah. Was that a choice? I mean, if you didn't have it, you can get any. I think that's what I was using. Okay. Because it's like it, it's I it's more impactful um on like adept uh since you're bad at most guns and if you wanted to say use assault rifles you can you can start doing that because uh, I think adept is like pistol and submachine gun only or or actually I think yeah. I usually pick up sniper rifles on adept actually yeah I think I think I picked up snipers if I remember correctly because like I need to for range because I'm getting tired of my close range pistols <laughs> wait Nick you're playing on soldier aren't you. No, Vanguard. Oh, you're playing Vanguard. Okay. Oh, we're both playing Vanguard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've, yeah, I forget what I picked up. I here. think I picked up sniper rifles and then proceeded to never use them for like the whole game. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna snipe people now, and I just never felt the need. Sounds about right. I don't. I don't like th- all those po- all those health potions you keep and never use. I, well, I mean, so I think sniper rifles are a good addition to like adapter a squishier class if you didn't have them already. But but Vanguard. You kind of your weapon specializations are good as is, right? It's like shotguns and yeah. assault rifles. Like, okay, great. Yeah, so you got pretty much. The, you're pretty good to go with that. Yeah. So, what know. did you think of the co- the combat when the the platforms were in the air and you had to like navigate the platforms? Yeah, it was whatever. I like it. I kind of like because you can see the platforms coming in and you know you know what direction trouble's coming from. So it's kind of a fun way to go get set up. 
Um, it was, yeah, it's fun. It's all right. Was I didn't feel like I got surprised. It was like not too bad. Right. But uh, what was I thinking? For some reason, I don't know why. I don't really. At this point in the game, I've realized I never look at my new weapons. I I, I pick up. I I scan new weapons. And I just ignore them because my current weapon loadout has been working out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I once I got um. Well, shoot, I didn't really use that that much in this playthrough. I, I don't remember. I, I feel like, especially now that you get the DLC weapons unlocked, basically at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a little bit game breaking because there aren't like upgrades along the way. Like there's minor upgrades you can get to unlock sure. that just affects all your weapons, but well, like, yeah. the weapons I have. But there aren't like superior weapons where it's like if you start off um, in the base game and all you have is the N7 stuff. I, I did, I did kind of wish that they had come back and tuned it better such that like some of those weapon upgrades unlocked through the game, like instead of just showing up right at the beginning. I think it would have helped the pacing a little bit, but yeah. What kind of armor rollout you guys go with? Because I think I'm just using like what the, the standard N7 armor. And I like I know like. As you go through, you can buy like a ton of like you can either wear like the suit yeah. that has like the set the straight bonus, or you can like kind of assemble a suit of armor from the various pieces that you pick up along the way, and each one has their own little bonus. And I'm not sure, like I'm I'm sure there's probably some kind of like min max loadout I can come up with if I study it all and figure out like eh, you know what which helmet, which uh, you know shoulder pads, you know which leggings and all that. But I'm just like no, I'm just gonna wear the N7 suit. It looks the best. It's it's you know. It, it has enough. It's I, good. Yeah. I always prioritize uh, cooldown time reduction. Because both in this game and particularly in 3, your powers are, well, they're so OP that if you can spam them, a lot of times you don't even have to fire a single shot. Yeah. I prioritize the cool factor. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have a, gotta like have a like, good look. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I always like having like, like, very, like just the, the N7 armor, dark armor, and then the recon helmet. I love talking to people with the recon helmet. It's like, you're just like, just such like, just an asshole. Just, just watching you just, if your clothed mouth move going, yeah, yeah, what, what are you going to do now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like I'm just like, like just a space ninja. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Who shoots, you, who shoots you with explosive magical powers, but. A few last things here. From your discussions with the elusive man, this is where you find out that the Omega 4 relay uses an IFF to allow passage. And so there's a 37 million year old derelict Reaper damaged and trapped in the gravity of a brown dwarf. Yeah. And I think that that's also interesting. That's an interesting. Um, like if you're, if you're, if you pay attention to the planet when you're scanning planets and searching through them, I forget which one it is right now off the top of my head. But there's one really, if you read the codex, it's like, there are signs of like a, a railgun has passed through this. Yeah. Has glanced off of it. And you can see that in Mass Effect 1, actually. Like you can go to the same system, I believe. It's it's cool. Really? I, yep. I didn't realize it was also Mass Effect 1, so that's cool. Yep. So if you if you run the math on that, because this is a very math happy episode, math heavy episode, wow. Um it's 740 cycles at least that the Reapers have been doing this stuff. Oh wow. So if you yeah. say like that's a 37 million year old Reaper and cycle happens about every 50,000 years then um which is substantial yeah, this, this, I, I, yeah. had, I had one problem with this though maybe it's just not a problem it's just they said there's derelict reaper that's been there for millions of years why did none of the cycles of the reapers go like hey we should probably collect this yeah clean this up fix they clean up everything else and clean they, they try to hide the signs of the reapers except a reaper freaking corpse we'll talk about that when we get to the actual Reaper IFF mission, because that derelict is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. It's fair. But you know what I mean? Like you feel like, yeah, maybe, like why was it left there? Well, because well, I mean, the problem is that you don't even, again, it's like the first game. You don't even know what a Reaper is. You know, it's staring you right in the face and you don't even realize that. So it's just, you just, you know, by the time you can get, the, you can find it. Unless life should develop on that planet right by it, like by the time you can find this thing, you've already got space travel. You've probably already have, you know, you're interacting with Reaper technology because you probably have your Mass Effect relay available that I I would say it's it's left there as a kind of like as a trap, as a test. Like if you can get to this, you're not 
you know, you know, you're not gonna, you're not coming away having learned anything. Right. You're probably not coming you're away. Not coming away, or you're coming away indoctrinated and yeah. doing the requisite work. We should, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. This is the one. So they give you this in the game, and I, and we'll talk about it maybe a little bit more when we get there. I don't like the way that this mission, like the IFF mission, I, I really don't like the silent, like stealthy countdown. It starts. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. There's, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. When we yeah, get there, yeah, but there's no messaging from the yeah. game that's kind of like do as much as you can now. I guess there is a little bit, but not really. Right. Well, th- there's a reason as far as you know scheduling out the episodes here. Um, like we're going to talk about the loyalty missions, and then we're going to do the side quests, and then we're going to do the Reaper IFF, and then we're going to do two loyalty missions in particular. Yes. And then we're we're going through the Omega Four Relay, and then we'll come back and finish up with the uh, the uh, Arrival DLC and the Shadow Broker DLC, um, and and that's intentionally because I, I think it, it was kind of the same thing too. Where on, in the first game, I know I tried to do every as much as I could before Vermeer, mm-hmm. um, but even then, it's Vermeer is not so much the cutoff; it's Ilos. It's, yes, it's, yeah. really, it's really it's going back. It's going to the Citadel before Ilos. Yeah. Is that, they, is where they, you wanna... they, they give you a heads up though a little bit, or at least it yeah. feels like more of a heads up. Where this one, I will tell my story too because I did not know there was a timer and uh, things went poorly for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I, I was lucky to have a save at, like way way far back, and I lost hours and hours of gameplay uh, because I did the IFF uh, mission too soon. So basically, what I'm saying is, don't uh, do it until you have to. Don't do it. No, no. We're going to put off talking about that for a yeah. while. Um, I'm trying to think. I know on one of my playthroughs, like I didn't, again, I didn't know what was going on. And yeah, I, I, I I'm, when I open that playthrough up again, and I'm going to be like, wait, where is half these people? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pr- pretty sure some of the people that we've mentioned, some of our, our beloved, uh, uh, beloved people are not there, but, uh, We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. The other thing too is that uh, there, that Cerberus did send a team out to scout the derelict Reaper, and of course, uh, they lost contact with them like as soon as they got Shocker. there. <laughs> Shocking. So, so Shepard assembles the crew, you know, to, to talk with them, and the one thing that's established coming out of that meeting, this I find to be particularly fascinating is that the collector homeworld is in the galactic core that is basically like behind like a black hole kind of thing yeah 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 so it's like even like the so you've got the mass relay out by omega out in the edge and it puts you out in the core like they're kind of hiding almost i don't want to say in plain sight but it's they're hiding in like the one spot you can't find them right well it makes a lot of sense too yeah it's just like it's it's just the reaper mo the rest of the right. Reapers are just floating around the freaking the, the galactic edge, basically just hanging out. No, no way for you to be there. Right. Well, that's why I think it's a nice sort of inversion of everything before, because before you're always thinking of the real the relays putting you further out. Like, oh, the Reapers are out in like deep space. They're going to take the relays to get mm-hmm. here. And it's like, no, this relay. I mean, and Shepard uses the relays to travel around the galaxy all the time. So it's not like the relays need to put you that far away. But it's interesting, like, oh, no, this relay actually puts you right smack dab in the middle of the galaxy. And also, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's, a, it's a nice, I feel like it's nice. It's like the collectors are, like, at the center of the galaxy. Literally. Yeah. You're kind of in between a pincer attack and just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do we have anything further to say about our disappointment oh. in the elusive man for? Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense also, like, the, uh, the, the collectors are the enemy within. Or the Reapers of the Enemy Without. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, no more on the, on the uh, elusive man and how good he is at dodging my questions and anger. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Now that we've, we've finished up our, our quest with the elusive man, we are now out in the middle. I forget where it puts you out. It puts you out in, in, in some, in one of, one of the galaxies, obviously. So one, uh, of, one of the different galaxies? Do you mean the systems? Yeah. Um, I forget where it puts you, but now, yeah, now you're, you know, as I said, I was on Ilium. I was in the middle of doing stuff on Ilium and now I'm no longer on Ilium. So let's go ahead and start doing some side quests here since we have time here. 
so there's a quest here on Halim in the uh, Zillian system in the Crescent Nebula. There's an anomaly that's detected. It's an un- unidentified ship detected in orbit. You prepare for the anti-invasion protocol. You launch your probe. Merc activity is detected inside a mining facility. The Eldfell Ashland Energy Corporation owns the mine. It's Eclipse Mercs. Uh, you land at the Merc base. There's bugs on the ground. And uh, it's the cargo ship Turalon, which was docked and picked up resources. It's headed to the Dranic system. It requested an escort due to private activity along the route. Uh, they're staffed to protect the main computer, and they failed. They're all dead by the mercs. You have to find the mainframe to decrypt the data about the Turalon while decrypting more mercs attack. Uh, the de- decrypted data is incomplete, and you return to the Normandy. And I think you get a message later. I think this actually leads to another quest. You get a, I, th- I think you do wind up picking that up later. So we'll talk about that again. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. But that's just basically there's a ship. You just get on the ship, fight through the ship. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to be about this is not less this mission, but more of the planet you're in there. Mm. And that's the, the, the helium planet itself. Cause it used to be, it's a post garden world where it used to be having like an earth flight atmosphere. But, uh, Due to some to a global extinction event, it has wiped out most life on there, including a spacefaring race from three hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. And the only things that can live on the planet is a uh, plankton. Hmm. So this happened three hundred thousand years ago, then, because otherwise this race would have survived the multiple Reaper invasions. It's maybe the yeah, Reapers yeah. are what wiped them out. Might have been also possible. But uh, the thing that there, there is, is, is this planet has a bunch of hel- uh, ilium satellites blocking it because what they found might be might be a problem is there is a biological, out-of-control biological weapon on the planet mm-hmm. that they don't want getting off. And they're like, don't, just don't go there. This is like, this is our, these are our weapon satellites, so we're going to dissuade you from doing this and bringing this to other planets. Yeah. That'd be a bad idea. That's fair. It's like I do like they, they they don't leave these planets alone. They put little little details about like, hey, this thing got screwed up really badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there's. I mean, as we said about the codex, but even then, like outside the codex, just the planet descriptions when you're when you're scanning them. I mean, even the planets that don't have anything, you're just scanning, you know, hoping to find some ESO or something. Um, I mean, they they go into a ton of detail on like everything. So it's they yeah, do yeah. very massive in that regard. Yeah, and then like. What they have a problem with this missions is once again the Eclipse Mercs. Which actually I have a problem with most of the Mercs in this in this in this game. Why are there only three Merc clans? Why do they have different factions of Mercs who all seem to have followed different rules, different rank requirements? Like, did these Eclipse have to kill someone like the ones on Ilium or not? Those are all sorry. These are like don't seem to be. Well, the Eclipse are, are mixed. I think they're uh, primarily Asari and Salarian, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, but they seem to operate different. Like they don't all seem to operate the same. Is was very interesting. Like, yeah, do you like, like, why do y'all have the clips? You just have like, just like, here's my uh, membership fee. You now can use the Eclipse name, or is it like a licensing fee or something? Oh, like a franchise? I don't know. Yeah, like franchise Mercs, like McDonald's. Well, I mean, I would guess for a a pirate gang or a mercenary group to get large enough that you have you can spread out across the galaxy. I mean, that's not going to happen too often. And then you're probably at some point you're probably showing up and I think like a franchise opportunity, you're probably sending some people to a planet and saying like, "Okay, like what gangs in control here? You're Eclipse now. You're with us, and now you know this is all Eclipse territory, and you're you've been absorbed into the greater collective. Okay, it just, it just seems weird that there's only like it's a giant galaxy. Why did it only have the Eclipse, the uh, Blue Sun? I think it's the Blue Suns, and the Blood mm-hmm. Pack. Where like three? Mm-hmm. That's what we got. Yeah. Like I know it's a game, but still, it feels odd. Like you just couldn't make another another alien gang. Well, I think the problem is they would have had to keep make like. Way more than another one. Right. I mean, I, I think it, it's not like they make a fourth one and, oh, you're, you're satisfied with the answer to this question. <laughs> like, they really, like, I mean, really, I think we, when we think of gangs, they should be local. I mean, we, like, uh, what's the, uh, what's Shepherd's gang if you, you choose Earthborn? It's like the, the, 
I can't remember the name of them, but there's the I want, oh, I want to say the Red Sand. It's not the Red Sand. Um, I always want to call them like the Red Thirteen, uh, which is wrong game. Um, shoot, it's not just the Reds, is I it? I think it might. It's oh, it's the like Tenth Street Reds or Fifth Street. Yeah, Reds. it's some it's some yeah. number street of Reds. Yeah. Now that makes sense as a gang, but like also when you've got Tenth Street in your name, you're not expanding galactically. Right, right, right. <laughs> you're not expanding. You're probably not extending like outside of your town, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I, I guess there's more. I expect like some of these missions to have more local mercenaries or local people taking care of things, not just the same three organizations. I, I mean, no one seems to say like, "Hey, I, I think I think there are other like there's other sort of nameless groups of of folks that you fight. They do they do lean hard on these three gangs, both in this game and the next, but. Sometimes there's there's unaffiliated rebels and or unaffiliated, you know, mercs and stuff. What is it? Uh, I mean, like what? Uh, like Balak from uh, Take Down the Sky. I don't think he had an. He wasn't affiliated with anyone, right? He, yeah, he, no. was, he, no, he, he was just Batarian. He, he was, was just Batarian. Bat- was his... He was part of the Batarian terrorist group. So there was a right. Or what? What's the uh, the one Turian that led the uh, the? Oh, what was it? The uh, Oh, um, the the Skillian, the Skillian, uh, yeah. yes, um, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, in any of these three. I forget which, I forget which organization he was in, but, but it was, yeah, he, was, but it was, he was just like pirate organization. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, and I, it could just be that like these are the three that Shepard happens to deal with the most. Um, but I also think to a degree, I, I, I think if you, like, yeah, like you look at like how. Like, you know, we mentioned uh, this was an Eldfell Ashland uh, facility mm-hmm. that, I mean, you know, Shepard only runs into a handful of companies, you know, at, at the same time that, you know, I think for something to be galactically large, like, you, you know, you're not going to see, you know, you know, whether it's a company or whether it's a gang, you're only going to see a handful of that. And then, yeah, it's a lot of it's, I think a lot of the stuff that might be at the planet level is going to wind up being below Shepard's radar. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. It's just, you know, he's, you know, if if the 10th Street uh Reds are causing trouble, they're not even going to register, you know, when he drops a probe uh, you know, to to pick up an anomaly on the on, on the planet level stuff. It's it's going to be you know, who who's going to be, you know, trying to blow up uh, you know, like a, a facility or something. It's going to wind up being like Eclipse or the Blue Suns or whatnot. That's fair. That's fair. I think we have time for one more here. Let's do the anomaly that's detected on Sinmara in Solvig in the Calliston Rift. Oh, yeah. This where uh, the, this little like five minute guess, kind of pop in here, fix a radio tower thing, and get going. Yeah, it it doesn't even feel like a real side quest because there's no combat, right. <laughs> and it's it's there's a. A little uh, magnetic shielding fe- failure detected from uh, like a, a a console, and so there's solar solar radiation exposure is probable. Mm-hmm. So Shepard goes down by him or herself, and it's just a puzzle. You just have to turn everything on in the right order yeah. uh, to get the the shielding back up before everything goes and blows up. If it even blows up, I don't even know. I, I think I don't. I think you can fail it as much as you need until you I figure it out. I don't think, think there's a timer, there's a timer now. I don't even think there's no. a hidden timer because I feel like I, I had this. I was like, oh, well, let me land on here and then go walk away for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. And But there's nowhere to walk. Well, I mean, walk <laughs> away from like my Xbox. Like I was oh, like, oh, okay, oh, bye. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, I don't know, do whatever I did. And I came back yeah. and it was just kind of like, hey, you should probably fix this. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like it. Yeah. You, so, so basically Shepard has to turn on the cooling and then the generator and then the shields because the generator won't turn on without the cooling and the shields won't run without the generator. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of figuring out which console does what. Um, yeah, it's pretty, very straightforward, very quick, uh, very in and out. Um, but again, it's a good, I mean, it's, it's impressive in the sense that, you know, like they built this whole little environment just for this one right. mission. <laughs> they just slipped it in there. You get it done real quickly. It's nothing uh, complex or anything. like yeah, that. Yeah. This is, this um, is the one where I was playing and it really, stuck out to me how much better in this game the side quests are in in terms of variety like is this a great mission no not really um it's it's quite unremarkable but it's different it's not go into the same cookie cutter 
template base that there's three of in the game and and fight some dudes and and pick up a treasure chest right it's like it's unique it's not samey which just makes it a lot more fun exactly yeah and it's also nice because it's not like any other quest right. i mean they very easily could have been like oh hey we're just gonna you know give you this puzzle in like three different places and you're, it's you're, you're gonna be doing the same thing but it's just gonna be a different order you're hitting the consoles exactly. or the con you know I mean, they could have done that. And no, like, this is the only time you get this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go, you get your little whatever reward you get from this. You know, probably just some, some credits. credits and probably, you know, some sort of like iridium or whatever um, crafting yeah. material. And, and then you go on your way. And yeah, I mean, the whole thing takes maybe five minutes, but um, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just a nice little like Beaumont to, to enjoy as you're kind of cruising around looking for stuff. Just breaks yeah. up the, once again these, the sameness of stuff. Also, they need to watch their stars because a bunch of them are starting to erupt. That's, that's probably a bad sign. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That probably this probably was meant to you know tie into that whole dark energy through line that never really turned into anything, or maybe not. Or maybe not. It could be just it could be a coincidence that, that a star just just turns into a red giant. It's like, well, that's a bad thing. That does seem bad. Well, I mean, we recently had a bunch of uh, like coronal mass ejection activity. That, like, I mean, we're recording this one um, in November, and I think it was in uh, October, like late October, where you could go outside and see the aurora if you like lived in Canada, because there was a whole bunch of mm -hmm. sun detritus. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the sun. The giant laser that will try to kill us. Aren't we? Aren't we entering like a period of like ten years where the sun's going to be super I think active? So, yeah, I've heard this. I was say like I've been hearing that for like the last twenty years. Well, it's I feel like the same it's thing. Cyclical, so it's like I think it's fourteen year cycles. Um, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. That's what. Yeah, it feels like the same thing with like the cicadas. I feel like every year everybody's talking about the cicadas. <laughs> yeah, and it's like no, they're like seventeen years, but I don't know. Yeah. Also, the moon is supposed to be acting up too, from what I understand. So, like, the 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 space is just acting up for us right now. Space is a scary place. Mm -hmm. It is, and that's without all the twists or giant or giant mechanical races trying to just wipe you out and collect your body parts. Mm -hmm. Also, also true. So I think on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Next time, we will be getting the loyalty quests. Woo! All right. So we're going to start, uh, I think we're going to start with, uh, Miranda and Jack who, who notoriously get along so well. They're like, they're <laughs> like sisters. They're like sisters. If one of them was all stabby stabby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, isn't that what all sisters are like? True. True. So we'll get into that next time. But thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing. Thank you at home for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Chip, where can people find uh, you? Find me at WD on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, that's the word double, Y-E-W-D-E-E. -E. And here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we discuss Final Fantasy XIV and all the things that happen over there. Kura, where can folks find you? They can find me on Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. And you can also find me talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy. You can follow us at Dropping Spicy. What about you, Nick? And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know uh, if you've done any math about how the collectors work and uh, if, if your numbers come up to uh, the same thing we got here. Uh, email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mesh Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. 
Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 